on remote. Keen Lake Studios, New Orleans fashion. Don't get hurt on the stairs because there are none. It was an elevator, not a spiral staircase. Episode 207. 190. 190. Wow. 190. 190. What a number to be a part of. Wow. Featuring the world's biggest Iowa fan, Jake. Mikey Pinstripes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we are on location. We are on a long, long, what do you call it, field trip? Winding road. From far away from home in New Orleans. That beautiful voice you just heard there was Brett. What's your middle name? Raymond. Raymond? Nope. Bauer. That's me. A second more spirit. Wow, we're you, going real it? formal now, huh? We're going with middle names, too? Who knows? That other voice you hear. Maybe you've heard him on popular Instagram TV shows like Sunday Night Fights. Maybe. Can you hit mute on him? Oh, wait, no. He's he's here. He's here in real life. Oh, you, are you going to try to mute me already, Brett? <laughs> I mean, block his screen? have been here five minutes oh. <laughs> already on mute. Great. Well, wow. maybe you've heard of an Instagram handle called the Bourbon and Rye Club. Maybe you saw him on our podcast. When was that? A year and a half ago, God, we, we took a recording of an Instagram live and then yep. released it as a podcast. It seems like a million years ago. It does, but we have them in person now, Brett. It's we are lucky in the living room of my Airbnb. You guys just met for the first time in real life yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was a pretty easy transition. It really this. was. I was thinking about that too. before I you posted that. By the way, Mikey Pinstripes, everybody. Um, we'll, we'll finish that introduction, but uh, yeah, I was thinking about how sit down i had met um matt once before this just two weeks ago less than two weeks ago oh, yeah, and we right? all sat down for five hours and chatted like we're all old friends i guess we technically are but not really it kind of feels like it like it was it was like weird seeing you like get out i'm like i know that guy yeah and then that quick hug and then it was just sit down and conversation and drinking and never stopped yeah i mean we just there's like this weird continuity you know that We've just kind of found. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really bizarre because it's like I physically first time I've ever met you. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot about you. Mm-hmm. I, I know about what you went through, you know, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like I know what happened with your dog and all that, mm-hmm. which was a, a marvelous touching episode. Mm-hmm. And it just, if, I don't know. It just, it, it's like this continuity, just things just connect. And here we are mm-hmm. just talking like, like we've known each other a while. It is. It is interesting how you like matter. I think if you're serious about doing a podcast, but if you do enough episodes, that personality of an individual is really going to come through or you're just going to realize that person's not themselves and puts on a persona for that podcast. But usually those ones don't last too long, I feel like. But yeah, you just end up start sharing and, you know, your personal story comes out through the story of whiskey. For those scoring at home, by the way, this is my third trip to meet Mike in person. Yeah. Um, Jake's wow. first. Wilson, I, I don't think he's made it here yet. I don't um, think Wilson's left the suburbs in about yeah. six just, months. Just so we know, Brett's in the lead. Brett's yep. in the lead. Brett, just, Brett is just definitely for those winning. Keeping, keeping score at home. But we are down here for Tales of the Cocktail. Yes, Tales of the Cocktail. Brett's really sober at this point. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long day of pouring whiskey for non-sober people. Oh. Wait, were you pouring whiskey? Yeah. Wait, you were working in an event? Yes. <sighs> Shout out to Dave Schmier, so, one of my favorite people in the whole industry, and he does his indie spirit shows, which are in Vegas, Chicago, and at Tails. Yeah. And today was Indie Spirits at Rock. Did not know that. Yep. Oh. We got the funk, and I got my whole team a glass of funk so we could sing. We got the funk. Gotta have the funk. How many brands we are there? We didn't post it. It's probably about 20 tables. 
Paul was there from Few. Oh. Um, Kyle um, McHugh, who is half the size he used to be, um, was there with Bren and Widow Jane. Hmm. Um, and then a couple other smaller brands, and Dave had his stuff there. It's, it's all of Dave's shows do. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're listening and you're a whiskey enthusiast and you can get to, I think it's October 10th this year in Chicago. Pre-register if you're um, a brand. Pre-register if you're a brand. You get a discount. He's so fair to us. I think it's like um, $250 for a pre- yeah, for whatever you know, he, pre-registration. He, he can't do more than break yeah, even at best. I wouldn't be shocked if he takes a loss. He's yep. so good to us as an industry. And, yep. and I remember the very first one was at like Carmichael's in the city. And, and really? Just, yeah. And I almost took Paul Souter's eye out because my bungee cord shot and hit him. Thank God he was wearing glasses. Why too. did you have a bungee cord? We were at uh, batch, I, I got, we had batch cocktails holding them closed oh. on a dolly. And it hit him square in the glass. Sounds like a likely Thank excuse. God. Otherwise, he'd be down to one eye. Paul's running the Avery right now. Right now. Oh, is he? Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, shout out to Dave Schmier, um, one of the best guys in the industry. He carried a proof and wood barrel up to Mikey's uh, front door yesterday. It's still on the porch. Um, and and he does, he's a great job and just an innovator and understands the industry and has been, for those that don't know, started Redemption Rye mm-hmm. and then has gone on to do the Ambassador, the Senator, the Funk, the Rum, and several other brands. And Tumbling Dice. Um, tumbling Dice. Well, got favorite. a Polish Rye, too, which yep. is really good. Uh, the Roulette Rye is good. Um but runs these three shows, the Indie Spirit shows, and, and today was his at Tails, and um, the highlight of my week, and I still have four other events to go. Because <laughs> you're here all week, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got two tomorrow, one on Thursday, one on Friday. Wait, you're actually doing events these days? Mm-hmm. What I'm do you do? I'm just here to hang out and look cute. Oh, I am. <laughs> I mean, I do that, but... Right. I do it very well. I've got two events tomorrow. What events are you doing tomorrow? Uh, we have a tasting room at the Ritz, and then... Um, just a second more room? Yep, oh, and then cool. Cuban Creations, we do a happy hour from 4 to 7 with some food and cigars. Thursday, we have a happy hour at Finnegan's, what do you call that? Finnegan's Slim or it's Finnegan's fi- It's something? Finnegan's, yeah. Yeah, there's another word to... Nobody but, calls it anything but right. Finnegan's. And then Friday, the Meet the Distiller event to kind of close out tales. What day is that? Friday. Oh. Thanks for the so, invite. Feel free to come by. I'm, I will. I'll try to steal your wristband. Do I, mean, I, need, do I need a special wristband? Yeah. yeah. For oh. your events? Yes. Why? Well, not the... Offsite ones, the Ritz ones, or a ticket. It. Yeah, then you're good. Come on by. Why is yours orange? Because I'm a sponsor. He's, I mean, he's special. Like he <laughs> oh, gets yeah. the special one. Like, and I'm special. Yes, he's definitely special. Speaking of special, yeah. Mr. Pinstripe over here. Yeah. Three years in New Orleans. Three years, actually, this week. That's so, amazing. Which is crazy. So you're just finally getting a taste of this is my what first. Is, this right? is my first tales of the cocktail. But even New Orleans as a whole, because between hurricanes and pandemics. Fortunately, I visited enough. Okay. Uh, my girl's from here originally, right. so okay. we've been we've been here many many times. Um, I was looking forward to in 2019 going to Tales, but mm-hmm. I had just moved here and I started work, so I was working nights at the time. Could make the event. Good friend of mine was here from Sip Smith. Shout out to Kelly Rivers, and I said, "You know what? I'll see you next year." Well. <laughs> well, yeah. something else happened. Yeah, well, there was next year turned into, you know, 2022. So the cool thing was I got to see her for the first time in many years at Bacchanal hmm. uh, over by the Bywater. And we sat outside and we drank some whiskey and she drank wine because no. <laughs> and uh, we had some, you know, charcuterie and some cheese and all that. It was great, man. It was really good to catch up and just see her and talk to her. Uh, she also was one of the judges in the Spirits Awards. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, I, she didn't tell me who won or who didn't, but she said she had a great time, and there was a lot of really good craft whiskey this year. So mm. she was really happy about that. Huh. Interesting. 
What uh, what brought you guys back to New, or what brought your wife back to New Orleans and you to New Orleans? California is expensive. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Like if you're if you've got money, that is definitely a great place to live. I spent most of my life there. It was time to go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Well, I've never really been anywhere else. I don't know where else I would like to live." And I said, "Well, there's there's Vegas." And she's like, "Nope, <laughs> nope, I'm good." Uh, and I said, "Well, there's Arizona." She's like, "Nope, I'm good." And she's like, can you pick any place else that's hot? And uh, we ended up, you know, deciding. She's like, well, screw it. If we're going to go somewhere, mm-hmm. like, let's just go back to New Orleans. And at least I know, you know, I know the town. Right. I'm familiar with it. Okay. So that's where, that's how we ended up back here. I was wondering, because if you've been here enough to think, okay, yeah, we can do this move or just kind of jumping full in and no, it was, blindly. We were, we were coming here once or twice every year yeah. for a good six, seven years before we finally moved. So it was, it felt right. Yeah. It really felt right. Quick question: How many chicken sandwiches have you had today? Oh, good question. Uh, I have a. I put up a donut on chicken sandwich scores uh, oh. today, oh. Uh, but I did do two the other day. All right, so um, there will be same place. Uh, no, uh, oh. Blue Oak, of course. Of course, have to. Uh, best barbecue in the world. Unreal. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I haven't had it yet. Have you been? No. Well, you oh, need to go. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we we have to go. I went on back to back days in March. With, with nice. Lucky. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, what part of town is it in? Uh, Mid city. Okay, so it's definitely a ride. So yeah, I'll I'll come get minutes. you and we'll we'll go up there, um, and then from Matchbook Kitchen, little pop up out of Barrel Proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, made this crazy buffalo kimchi chicken sandwich. It was just stupid good. Nice. So yeah, two in a day. It's not bad. Did you realize last night at Barrel Proof, speaking of in Matchbox, um, that it was a tails pop up? Didn't know that. No. Yeah, I forgot Did to you eat too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because someone I was there, obviously with you guys last night. We were hanging out, which awesome bar. Go visit if you're ever in New Orleans. Sit outside and drink whiskey the whole time. I actually enjoyed that very much. Um, being outside the entire time instead of being indoors in a dark bar. Like, sorry about the heat. I, it didn't actually bother me till like ten. That's it's, a great spot. Shout Alex and, and Liam and, and the team there yep. just. Yeah. They treat Mike and, and and the crew down here so well, and and, and um, the as, as they return the favor but it's just a spot to that's to our really home just base. get lost and sit and sit out there all day long and and you see a lot of fun stuff there's best frozen margarita in in definitely new orleans and i mean it's actually it should be illegal like it's one of the best whiskey bars in the city yeah neighborhood pricing for the most part unless you're talking about some of the allocateds um, the 30 year old beam right or, or bookers the bookers Sorry. rye yeah 100 an ounce but hey cost of replacement yeah, it's not terrible. But then they have this crazy frozen mark machine, which is not too sweet, and it's just perfect for sitting outside. Like, there's no better, there's no better frozen mark I've ever had. I like yours as approach too of having a dram with the margarita. Always fighting cock, man. <laughs> These guys always fighting cock with a margarita, a frozen mark every single time. It's a perfect way to kick off a day. So, so good. I was what in the Bay Bay Area, right? What what. Remind, what does barrel proof remind you? What was your barrel proof back there? So probably the closest thing, although they don't have nearly the whiskey selection, is the Hotsy Totsy Club in Albany. So it's near El Cerrito. It's on the East Bay. Little dive bar. You know, they've got a killer jukebox, killer bartenders. It's a very small but very specifically well-made cocktail program. Mm, nice. uh, All-female bar staff. Mm. Uh, and they're just incredible. Uh, so when I got to Burrow Proof, it's dark inside. They've got shitty beer, the way I like it, yep. um, and great whiskey and good cocktails. So it was like 
it immediately clicked for me. I'm like, this could be, this could be the place for me to hang out. And I, I mean, it's home. Yeah. It really is. It feels like home. Uh, I do miss the Hotsi Totsi a lot. And if you're ever in the East Bay, make sure you take a trip out there and say hi to everybody because it's a killer bar. Nice. We have a bunch of California people in here. They probably know about yeah. the Hotsi Totsi. The Totsi's the greatest go. bar. The audience loves Hotsi Totsi. Really? Well, there we go. Making life connections nice. right now. I've, I'm going to be back in October, so I'm going to go stop in and spend like a week there. And Cool. Off mic is our new West Coast ambassador, Ali of Starward. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. We're, we are in a, a house of Star Wars of sorts. Literally. House of stars. Li- uh, literally, where yeah, our team is sharing an Airbnb together here at Tails. So far, so good. Um, I was going to ask you. Oh, I thought it was so interesting how all these guys from the internet are sitting at a table who have never met other than Spectre before last night. Did you guys all meet through the internet? Yes. And just through COVID? Pretty yes. Much. Wow. Every single one. Like the first person I met here was Josh Bombs, and he was not here last night because he lives on the North Shore. Yeah, I've seen Bourbon Underground, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he was at Bourbon Fest for one oh, night. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I saw um, him real quick. Yeah. But yeah, he, he doesn't get down here that much because he's got a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's, he's spending, the, spending the time on the family and all that. I remember he also had piles of diapers behind him. Yeah. bottles of whiskey. Oh, yeah. We were doing lives and he had stacks yeah. of diapers yeah. growing. Right. It's like it's our like, whiskey so library is growing, right. but his diaper library yeah, is like so massive. That looks different. It's like, hey, yeah, hey, you got any pampers back there? It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, he, he's a great dude. He was the first one I met because uh, okay. was doing a uh, Saturday or Sunday night fights with Chris, and Josh hit me up. He's like, wait, are you in New Orleans now? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, we're gonna drink. Okay. We're gonna be friends. That's pretty much what he said. And then COVID hit, so that nobody was seeing anybody. Spectre hit me up. And then I ran into Brian one day at Barrel Proof. Okay. And he recognized me from some YouTube video I did, which I do oh, very right. little on YouTube. Probably your Sagamore Live. It, yeah. Probably, I mean, it, probably it, something it Sagamore. Been, it should have been Sagamore. Uh, actually, I think it was because I had the very first Jack Daniels cask strength rye review on YouTube. Um, I don't know how that happened, but it did. And he found it and he walked up to me. He's like, you're on YouTube. And I'm like, Sure. You're on YouTube. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm Mike. I'm a, I'm a celebrity on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, I have like 12 videos. No big deal. That's but yeah, funny. so it's just, you just start meeting people through the internet and then, you know, like, hey, you know, Bourbon Fest came up and ran into a bunch of them there. And now, like when we go to Barrel Proof, they just come and show up. The, f- the Bourbon Fest pre-COVID, right? Was that the first one or the yeah. second one? Cool. Hmm. Team Star Wars is out. That was the first first Bourbon Fest. Right, which was what, 19? 19 was the one that clo- uh, canceled the night before. 18 then. 18 was the first one? I didn't, I didn't go to that one. Oh. 19. oh, so you meant the one. Oh, I'm just... sorry, 20. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry, yeah 20, 19 sorry. was yeah. Bourbon Fest. 20 got, I was on my way to the airport and it got canceled. I was at Barrel Proof drinking with a ton of people from Kentucky. Uh-huh. And everybody started looking at their phones going, oh, shit. Yeah. And yeah, I checked the city would right permit, there. so they're like, the, nope. What was the date? Well, I'd have to go back and look. Twenty. Oh, it was okay, March. So that late. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I was literally before. going to the airport at three in the morning. I was like, I just checked my email real quick because you and I were going to separate events across the country. I remember you text me because I was going to Denver for right, whiskey to the world. I want to say. Yeah, you were in Denver, and you're I was like, coming here. And I remember you're like, oh, so that was like the thirteenth. Yeah, because yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. I was home, and oh. then the next week I was coming here. Okay. 
Yeah, because we still yeah, did that you were in De- Yeah, you were in Denver. It's where you text me like, oh, I bet it's going to get canceled. I'm like, it hasn't yet. And I'm like, I kind of hope it doesn't. Oh, yeah, because you guys did the event in Denver. We did it with like 300 yeah. people still Ooh. on March 14th. Ooh. Or March 13th. It's close. Yeah. And I mean, there was a, I think it was Post Malone did a concert that night at the Pepsi Center with like 18,000 people. And they basically said you couldn't have anything over 300 or something like that. The governor said that earlier that day, but he still just took the fines and did Ooh. it. Yeah, I mean, we have just, yep. no one knew anything right. at that we, point. Nobody knew. Because we, we were all like, they asked us not to shake hands or anything at the event, but they had a buffet line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, everybody was like, dude, I don't care, whatever. Like, we're all just, you know, ignorant Americans, whatever. Bullish. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the world shut down three days later, pretty much. And But we had our festival. That's all that matters. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Is Barrel Proof? How long? Did they stay open through because of the outside? Uh, no, uh, LeBlanc and Smith, that that ownership group, like they shut down almost immediately. Mm. Um, they really they took really good care of their employees too. I don't, to my knowledge, they did not lay anybody off. Really, wow. um, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think so, because of all the bars, a lot of the old familiar faces are still there. Mm. So I think they took really good care of their people, which is just another great reason to support the hell out of them. Yeah. How long were things initially shut down here, or how long were they? I mean, a lot of the bars didn't come back for a long time. Like they, I mean, the city was really clamping down on bars as gathering places. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's too much of a risk. Uh, When they started allowing a lot of the stuff on Bourbon Street to like go back to selling go cups out the windows because they're equipped for that. Right. um, It worked out pretty well for them. But a lot of the, a lot of the like hospitality places did not open until it was safe to do so. It seems like. The cities like New Orleans that are heavy on tourism, San Antonio was just there, and they're still trying to make their way back from the hit of tourism they took there. Seems that there's an impact, similar impact here in New Orleans. Oh yeah, it, it's places still don't stay open as late as they used to. Mm-hmm. Like Barrel Proof used to be open late, yeah, and now it's midnight, hmm. and they just don't have staffing. Nobody has staffing, and that's that's still a big concern. And you know, like I think tonight Barrel Proof's going to be open until three oh, wow. because of tails. Right. Um, so sense. that's like one of the first times they've done that in a while. Uh, but it's very, very hit or miss in a lot of these places. If you're not on Bourbon Street, you're not open late. Hmm. We know we're, we're going tonight then, to end the night. <laughs> we, I, I'm sorry to ditch you last night, by the way. Yeah, pretty early for you. Hey, I had, uh, I had work to do early in the morning. Sure. I did. did. We all? I don't know. Apparently you did. Apparently you're doing a whiskey festival without yeah, me. I didn't even know about. I didn't know about should it. Should have had a table. Check your email. I don't know. I. You know what? I've sent many an email to Dave Schmier about some events and don't always get a reply back. Wow. Well, it's probably my face. Maybe you're not independent. I don't know. Are you? Yeah. All right. Good enough, Brett. Good enough. <laughs> uh, so are we allowed to talk about what's in our glass right now? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it. I mean, I don't like talking about stupid brand I work for, but. Um, Shout out to David Tolley, owner of Starward. I mean, we could just talk about your cool pink shoes. We could talk about cool pink shoes, but that would Pretty probably cool. wouldn't be a great audience. Hopefully, the video. photo for this episode is a picture of of oh, Jake's that's got to be the fancy cover. orange sherbet rainbow cone looking Nikes. I think if it was like two years ago, definitely. Like, do you remember I used to do videos for every podcast? Yeah, that just my LinkedIn th- profile is credited to you. Oh, that's one of my favorite photos. Well, that was just like a natural photo of you goofing around, and I'm like. Got it. I think it was your direction. I think you told me to do no, it. No, I don't I'll think take, so. I'll give you full credit. No, I don't think so. 
Dude, I think the very first podcast we recorded. Did we record actually in the brewery? Yeah, Pagayo. But like in the brewery? Mm-hmm. We, okay, we recorded a few episodes actually in the brewery, and you could just hear everything in the background. <laughs> Clanging around. Yeah, because they had like private parties in our studio, aka their private party space, um, upstairs space, but uh, that they recently have got rid of and didn't tell me, didn't ask for my input. What's up there now? Nothing. I think it's just empty. They really? don't. They were renting that space though. Oh right. And the day right. they canceled the lease, which was about a year since I had recorded anything up there, like almost to the day, I was like, "Well, thanks for consulting with me, Kevin, who's the owner of Beguile." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. You guys used to record a podcast up there all the time." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was your idea for us to record up there. I don't know how that even happened. I don't remember that whole conversation and how it took place, but it was a great space. But yeah, doing all that video work, all the photos, way too, way too much time and effort. Sorry. Well, you gotta pay the bills. Mm, you know, shout out to Pinhook. Maybe for I was going to say, I, of, aren't uh, you getting that Pinhook money? Yeah, well, Pinhook money doesn't maybe, maybe Sagamore could sponsor the podcast. Uh, Pinhook already has that on that. Oh, oh yeah, I thought it was exclusive, is what yeah. I heard. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's heard on the street. Shit. Yeah, we Chris, are. Uh, Chris said Pinhook only. You know, they did ask me to talk about the uh, the brand or the market manager positions they have available both on the East Coast and West Coast. Maybe we can get a little money out of them for that. Well. I, we did get some free drinks on them last night too. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, Jake, thanks for the uh, yeah. little yeah. pinhook coins. Yeah, that was me. Show. <laughs> so, yeah, I was walking through we'll Bourbon Street. It sounded like it was my one man parade. Oh yeah, just clank, clank. Oh, I, I was like, what is in my bag? When I'm walking home, like, oh yeah. Yep, those pinhook coins. Uh, Appreciate it though. Thank you, Sean Joseph. Yeah, well, we will release this tomorrow. So if you are at Tails, find a pinhook coin because uh, what's the? I'm sorry, the company's name. Uh, LeBlanc and Smith. So their their bar portfolio is the Chloe, uh, Barrel Proof, Anna's, uh, Sylvain. Oh, there's Sylvain, too. The one we were supposed to go to last night but never went to. Uh, Don't try to use the Sylvain. Oh, Will in the Way. I always forget Will in the Way. I always forget that one, but that's it. It probably won't work at the Dead & Co. pop-up at the Sylvain. Try it, though. Try oh, it. I'm going to try it. Try yeah. it everywhere. Might as well. Take Definitely. it to Martin's and see if you get a free bottle of Pinhook. <laughs> that's where I would start and then work your way back. I guess if you got like 25 bottles, technically you could get, or 25 coins, you get a bottle. Maybe you get it with one. I mean, it feels, the math, the math works. Yeah. 25 ounces out of of a bottle. All right. Well, Mike wants to talk about what's in the glass, but before he does, I would like to know (laughs) where your passion uh, for this brown water comes from because it. Clearly was with you in California and has followed you here. Sadly so. Um, didn't didn't find it he, uh, here in New Orleans. So It's grown with his writing now. And he's not in the industry. This I is am, purely a passion. That is right. Uh, unlike Jake and I, it's not paying his bills. Um, so it's, it is my bills. <laughs> this yeah. is the definition the of my bills. Yeah. It goes this, out. This is all red ink. He's supporting this our is black ink. So I would love to know because I don't think I've ever asked you. Yeah. Um, how did you fall in love with the, the brown water and... Um, and, and end up where you're at today. All right. Old man story coming. Love it. Uh, God, 20 years ago, I guess, I was at a little barbecue restaurant in Berkeley, California. It's now defunct. It's called T-Rex Barbecue. They were one of the first to have a whiskey program with single barrels in-house in Northern California. And I walked in there one time just to get some barbecue, and I got up to the bar, and I ordered a glass of Jameson 12-year. Right. Nice. I liked Irish whiskey then. That's what that's what I was drinking. So that Jameson 12 year, like butterscotch, just a beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Mm. And the wonderful bartender looked at me and said, OK, I'll get you that. Um, but hey, uh, do you want to try something different? 
And I'm like, sure. She's like, well, I'm going to pour you something. If you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. Oh, twist my arm. Right. So she poured me a, my first glass of Eagle Rare. Huh. And that's what started it. So they had a whiskey runner program where you come in and order a whiskey. You check off the box in the book. After X amount of things, you start getting little prizes. Got like a hat, T-shirt, hoodie, things like that. And so I just started going two, three times a week. <laughs> and every time just trying something new. Never buying the same thing over and over. Just I went full ham on it. They had things like Rittenhouse, you know, 21 up on the wall. So, I mean, really aged dry. Mm-hmm. And Black Maple Hill 18 was just one of the best things I've ever drank in my whole life. And she just kept saying, hey, you need to try this. You need to try this. You need to try this. And it just took me on this journey that I just never stopped on. And if I know now what I knew then, God, I would have bought every Black Maple Hill <laughs> yeah. bottle I could have. Uh, but, you know, we just drank it. It was available at Trader Joe's for 32 bucks, And that's just what we drank. And the girl I was with at the time, not my current one, but my, my ex, she used to cook with Black Maple Hill bourbon. Oh, wow. She would just cook with it. That was her cooking bourbon. And it used to make me mad because mm. I would like to drink it. But that was just a standard bourbon in the house. Hmm. So ever since, just try everything I could get my hands on. Good timing. What a shepherd yeah. to have, too, that got you through that. Because I don't – go ahead. But. She, she ended up – after leaving T-Rex, she was at the Hotsi Totsi. Um, not as big a whiskey program, but she would bring in stuff from her personal collection. Oh, wow. So I had like her 16 years. You know, she would just bring it in. It's like, oh, you got to be in the bar Thursday. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. And I'd walk in and she'd pull it up and pour a glass and here you go. Hmm. And it was just this education that I would have gotten. It, w- it would have been impossible to experience this whiskey history without her. She ended up working at Hardwater in San Francisco. Oh, I've been there, yeah. Um, yeah. She then became a big gin fanatic, as she probably always was. <laughs> and now she's a brand rep for Sipsmith. Oh, same person then. Uh, same person, yeah. Ah. Yep. So I've known her a, a long, long time. And she's just, even today, like she'll be like, I, I think you need, to, I, you need to try this. And shout out to Proof and Wood. She was the one that told me about the Polish rye whiskey. Uh, she was at a bar in Brooklyn, and she sent me a picture. It was super late at night. I'm up. And she's <laughs> like, uh, you need to get this. Polish rye whiskey. Polish rye whiskey, man. Speaking of Polish rye whiskey, Dave Schmier, they just released the Polish rye whiskey. That's, that's not, the one. Um, that's the same one. Yeah. Oh, it's the same one? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was actually proof in wood per uh, se, but it is his brand. Oh, yeah. my bad. Sorry. Or he imported it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the first one you ordered a second time? Ooh, good question. Uh, Noah's Mill 15-year. Really? Yeah. It was, uh, I was at uh, Bourbon and Branch, San Francisco, speakeasy, killer whiskey program still to this day. Um, I had a glass of Noah's Mill 15, burned the hell out of my palate. It was Mm -hmm. like the strongest thing I'd ever had up (laughs) up until that point. I was like, Jesus, holy God, Mother and Joseph, what is this? (laughs) And guy's like, well, you should put put a rock on that. And it'll, it'll tame the beast a little bit. So I did. And then I went back not too long at, long after that, and I had another one. And that's where I fell in love with Willet. And it really was Noah's Mill. That Willet bottle you brought out in March is probably my top five all time. That was a, that was a great one. I would yeah. like to have known it was 120-plus proof somewhere before mm-hmm. my third glass. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but it um, was outstanding. Speaking of. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, that was my. a pick. It's not that one. But the one you is, brought was a pick from somewhere. It was. Um, it was actually from Oakland, right? 
No, it was, uh, was it, was it the frenemies that I gave? That yeah. I, that we were drinking? <laughs> yeah. So that was the collaboration between plump Jack wines and Maison Corbeau. Oh, Maison Corbeau. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maison just had a Sagamore tasting last week. Ooh, that's a great shop. It's really good. It's a really yeah. good shop. I used to find a lot of good stuff there and they're super knowledgeable there. Yeah. Good spot on the bottom of a hill, right? Like, yeah. 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 Really. I mean, really San Francisco, place. most everything's on a hill that's one way true. or the other. Point, but, Brett. Yeah. I think like, nothing gets past you. No, I'm especially quick. topography. That's my expertise. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I thought it was whiskey. Those are my all favorite time. type of maps. <laughs> it's water polo and topography. Water I mean, polo man, and topography. He's a renaissance man. Uh, what are you going to do? So that, is that where the, how did the rye fascination begin? If I can call it that. Will it. Okay. Will it and Black Maple Hill. Uh, once I had Noah's Mill, it was back at T-Rex. Kelly's like, try this. Mm-hmm. Just pulled it out. And, you know, it's back then they were all wax tops. Uh, there were no foils. And... I think it was just a simple four-year Will It Rye at the time, probably 100, 110 proof, and it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is everything, everything that I love about, like, drinking a glass of whiskey. Right. It's richer. It's, it's more challenging. It's more complex. Um, it's less sweet, which is something that's important to me because I'm not super, I don't have a big sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. So when I got into that, and I, I'd say Will It re- ruined me. Mm. Took a big chunk of my money <laughs> over the years. Uh, it's gotten more and more expensive. It used to be ten bucks a year. Um, now it's good luck with ten bucks a year. You're talking, you know, sometimes fifty to seventy-five a year at this point. Mm-hmm. But it it's just there's something just beautiful about rye whiskey that there's there's so many different regional versions of it, and they're all so different. Mm-hmm. And like shout out to Brett. Like uh, one of the things I love so much about Sagamore is that they are a rye whiskey company. Right. They're not a whiskey company that makes rye. Like, it is their passion. And it's funny, I was looking through some old pictures. Uh, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine visit New York. He's going through a liquor store out there. I don't know which one, but he was going through it. And he, he sent me a picture of the whole whiskey wall. And I said, what's that fucking thing up there that says rye on it? Oh, nice. Because it's got the it big bone snapper thing, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, I don't know. I've never seen it. And I said, well, how much is it? And he's like, it's under 50 bucks. I'm like, bring it home. Bring it home. And that was the first Sagamore I ever had. I think that was a reaction we all had to first seeing Sagamore. Like, what is that? Yeah. It's so bold in your face. Unapologetically rye. Yeah. If we sold bourbon, my job would be a lot easier. Yeah, no doubt. But you, um, you and me both. Yeah, right. Well, it goes. You know, we're not going to go down the single malt. Um, we aren't. Avenue, this podcast. Okay. But I'll do it again tomorrow <laughs> if you want. Like, we'll spend three, four hours. We can find a single malt expert things. around this city probably. I'll tell you, once we switch that to that Glen, um, that Star Wars ginger beer cask, is that correct? Was was excellent. It really is. We can get on that in a little bit. I want to focus on our, our guests. Yeah, well, I had a question our for him too. Our in studio guests. Well, I, he, had, he, I had a question too. He was trying to go that way, so I was just. I know. Being I'm courteous. Just, I'm drinking it. We it's can go. Really we can. Tasty, we can go that way eventually. Well, ask your question before I forget mine. Well, I was going to ask actually with um, your friend that helped you guide you through all this and introduce you to so many different brands. Even before COVID, I felt like that did not happen in bars as much anymore. And ever since COVID, it's obviously even less interaction with bartenders right. because they're overworked, understaffed, and maybe just don't have the time to dedicate to you individually one-on-one. Right. Like, do you find that with people here? Is there still a little bit of that beacon Look, of hope? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
one of the things that uh, one of the reasons why I started my Instagram a, a number of years question. ago was because I felt like I was given a free education. Yeah. And it I I should have paid thousands for the knowledge that I that I gained from people that just took the time. You know, and it was all in person back then because we didn't have the social media like we do today. And so what I wanted my Instagram to really be was to showcase something and talk about what it not just the the statistics of it. Oh, it's a six year, it's hundred yep. you can read that on the label. I really wanted to talk about what it meant to me and what it felt like and why I thought this was an important whiskey, not just to talk about, but to put a picture up. You know, I'm not paid for my posts. Hmm. No one, nobody says, hey, you know, I'll slip you a 50 if you, you know, pop a picture up there. Nobody does that. For me, it's like if I post it, it's because I believe in it and I think it's a beautiful thing or it's, a, it's something challenging or exciting or interesting. And I feel like that the educational aspect is something that I... I was a beneficiary of, mm. and I want to provide that for other people as well. And that's something that I've really enjoyed. Like over the last three years uh, in particular is there's a lot of people new to whiskey. It's a pretty intimidating category to get yeah. into. Um, you know, everybody thinks that they have to get the blends, Weller, you know, all, all of the, all of the, the traces stuff. And it's like, there's more to it, but if you don't know, and all you hear about your friends talking about Blands, 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 or H. Taylor, that's what yeah. you're going to go after. And I, I just wanted to be out there, like, say, hey, Fighting Cock. Fighting Cock. Like, it's a, it's a killer bourbon mm -hmm. for 20 bucks or less. Yep. And you cannot go wrong with it. And then to talk about rye. Like, if people are like, oh, that, that's an interesting suggestion. What, what else you got out there? Well, let me tell you about this other thing that I really love. Hmm. And so I think the education aspect is what I'm most passionate about and just sharing my experience and my journey of trying things and learning along the way. I love that. And obviously my job is education for, uh, for my brand and even doing those events, doing those in-person educational activities is starting, to f I, don't, I shouldn't say fade out, but just aren't happening as frequent as we used to. Obviously COVID has a lot to do with that, but it's also is are people going to take the time to sit there and listen to you? do is it going to be beneficial for the bar to invest into one brand for an entire night and are they going to lose money from it are they can make money from it will it help them sell things in the back bar will it help make your brand more of a staple for the bar itself and be a shining spot on the back bar because those are all things that you have to go into it and then you take it into the factor of oh for two years they weren't making money Right. So it even dampens it more and it's just more difficult. And the education is what I love. I love just talking about the brand, um, talking about single malts or just talking about barrel aging, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be just about Star Wars. It can be about anything whiskey wise and just telling a story of it all because it all somehow does relate and mesh together. And that's what I love about Fountainhead. Like that was just a place where we could yeah. just sit and most of the bartenders it, throughout the whole time, there was always like, two or three that were super knowledgeable about what was on the back bar. And you're just like, Oh, what's that? Like, Oh, we just got this one in, or this is like an 18 year old from this distillery in Scotland that really doesn't exist. And you can have this, or Hey, here's a Glen Farquhar single barrel that no one else in the world has, you know, like those kind of things are just amazing experiences and sit there and try things. And yeah, like you get to know the bartenders. They don't, maybe they give you a, a dram here or there, or like just you know, have a, have a pinch of this and like, Oh, wow, that's really good. And then I'll pay, pay for a full pour of it. And I just think that one-on-one -on -one communication is really lost in the bar scene. I know even yeah. when we were doing episodes with Bob at Fountainhead, who was the manager at Fountainhead, we talked a lot about how now more modern bars, they have 
the bar space itself is really wide where the gap between the customer and the bartender is actually a physical distance. Any club in Vegas. Yeah. Like you've got, you know, six feet between you at least. Yeah. And it's impersonal. Um, you're at that point, you're a factory. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pushing, you know, pre-mixed cocktails across the bar to somebody for $22. Hmm. And like, there's a time and a place for that. But, you know, as a whiskey fan, like you go to a whiskey bar yeah, we know a lot more than most people do right. because we're the 1% of the 1%. We're the, we're the super nerds. But there's still sometimes like you'll get a bartender that knows something like really. And they're like, hey, have you, have you taken a look at this one? You're always in here. You're buying this. You're buying that. He's like, but this is over here. Mm-hmm. Barrel Proof still does that a little bit. That's good. But I don't know how, how often that is for the casual you know, bar patron. Like. You know, well, is that happening? I don't know. And the patron has to be receptive to it, right? Yeah, I mean, right. sometimes they're so intimidated that they just walk up and point and order just because they don't want to look silly or be right. embarrassed or understand it's okay to not know and to say, hey, I like weeded whiskey. I like Maker's Mark. What do you have down that path? Mm-hmm. Okay, that means you like weeded whiskey. Like I tell right. people all the time, like, start writing down what you like and a trend will find itself. Oh, yeah, definitely. And either you like weeded or you don't like weeded or you like high rye bourbons or you like rye or single malt, whatever it is. Just start paying attention yep. because for what you like, there's 50 to 100 other things, if not more, in that down that lane. Not necessarily the same, but I, I love makers. Okay, you like weeded whiskey. Try Wyoming, try all the Sazeracs. But there's, there's so many weeders out there like Bernheim, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, but no one knows what they like about makers is the approachableness of a weeder. Of a weeder. Right. Like, mm-hmm. If you just start to write that, then you say that to somebody mm-hmm. and you're not intimidated by it. Next thing you know, the doors are blown open and, and, and makers is great. But now you've got you've nine got, other weeders. You right, you've got a ton of other choices out there if you just open the door and go through and just start exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the, the best things I ever did was that Whiskey Runner program back you know, yeah, 20 years right. ago at T-Rex because it's a book and it had every brand or every bottle in the book. And I still have it. It's faded out, but I have it. And there was a spot for notes. They're probably one of the very oh, few bars cool. in the entire country doing anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Like it was, it was just, it was a beautiful thing. It was an education process because right. there was a spot for me to write liked, loved, hated, you know, like there, there were all those things. And going back, looking at some of my notes, I'm like, wow, early on, I did not like weeded. Yeah. And you know, it's like the Pappy, you know, Pappy 15, you yeah. know, it was nine bucks a glass then, which is stupid <laughs> to think of. And I'd be like, uh, too sweet, mm. you know? And like, after I started getting more and more into rye, as I started to understand, I'm like, oh, what I don't like about the weeded is there's no rye. Yeah, you know, like that, that was the replacement, the replacement grain. Mm-hmm. And I lost the spice and complexity of it, um, which is where French oak, you know, in single malts yeah. can actually replace some of that it's spice. amazing how it activates uh, that sensory. Really, really profound. And, you know, again, if you don't pay attention to those things and ask questions, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to learn your own palate and what you like. And I would just tell people, be unafraid. If you like an espresso martini, go in and order a fucking espresso mm-hmm. martini and just get on with it, right? And then ask, you know, what else you got, you right. know? And try something different the next time you go in. But if that's what you love, just go get it. Like, yeah. who cares what anybody thinks? And your maker's example is great, you know? Oh, wow, this guy comes in, you know, three days a month, and it's always makers. Mm-hmm. Next time he comes in, if I'm a bartender, I'm going to be like, all right, bud. 
the usual. Cool, but before you do that, here's a little pour of this. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Not like this is going to blow your mind or this is better. Just try this. Yeah. Tell me what you think. And that's that. That's the education thing where a bartender can still make those little moves where they don't have to spend a ton of time. Mm. Yep. No, it's interesting, too. I was sitting with uh, another friend from Instagram that I finally met in person, Tim, single barrel snub, uh, at his bar down there in at Evergreen. And him and I were just sh- sharing a glass, sharing a conversation. And these guys walk up and I think they're buying, I think they're, I can't remember if they're buying one of their single barrel picks uh, from the store. And then they, st- they asked like, oh, how much is the Pappy? And Tim's like, which one? And you could tell like, they didn't know there was multiple. And he's like, then he starts rattling off the age and right. the price and all that. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's a little expensive. And they ask like, well, how much is the Elmer T. Lee? And he's like, $12 glass. And like, that's it? I'm like, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> like, that's what right. I would be surprised at 12 will <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. It, uh, it was, you know, they were, they were just searching for what they had heard. And the guy's like, you know, I'm a big whiskey collector. And Tim and I both asked him like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I love to get bottles, like really good bottles. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah, I just don't open them. Like proudly was a minute I don't open them, and I'm and then his friends would talk about how they did a whiskey tasting at his house, and they're like, I'm like, oh cool, did you guys like open some cool stuff? Like, well, I had certain bottles prepared for them to open. I'm like that's cool. Like, what any any like sort of you know, we're doing rise, we're doing bourbons, following down a certain line. Like, no, just kind of opening things up, but I didn't want to share anything too expensive. And you're like, oh. I'm guessing you're not buying super expensive if you like if you're asking about bullet single barrels. I think which they were, I believe, and. Um, didn't even go for like a high end pour when Tim had some pretty nice prices on those. Uh, but you're like, and Tim and I just like, well, that's too bad you're a collector. And he's like, what do you mean by that? Like, well, him and I both, he points at me, like drink a lot of whiskey, have a lot of whiskey, but I'm guessing Jake, like myself, doesn't have a lot of bottles that are unopened. The only ones unopened in my house are waiting to be opened. Right. They're right. just waiting for the day. Yeah. I mean, it's like, not, it's uh, not a collection. It's I have a selection. one bottle. I don't know when to open it. Right. That's it. And that's, that's the, I mean, that's the one bottle that has sentimental value to me as well. Oh, the first one of Sagmore I gave you? Yes. The Muscatel cask. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I wish I could find that. I wish a I A lot of that. people wish they could find that. Oh. Someone just came across a bunch of it. I'll have to ask Jesse oh, to you were telling me about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it, just, it gets back to, like, that dude could be a teacher for his friends. Totally. Or at least a guide. You know, like, maybe he doesn't know a lot about the whiskey individually. I don't think he probably does and probably won't learn about it because almost like a thick-headedness at this point like oh like i collect the bottles these are trophies to me right. these aren't drams to be shared and that's unfortunate because you know that's what both brett and i do for our job that's what we want to do for people and i wish people would do it more like what you're doing with your instagram page like it's probably why the six seven of us were sitting at that table last night hanging out having a great time because yeah. we all have that same uh, mindset about like this is all meant to be shared look the the, the bottles themselves are beautiful yeah like no doubt like most most people that post pictures on on the gram, right? It's always a full sealed bottle yeah. because they photograph better. They just look oh, nicer. Yeah. They just look nicer. But you know, like you start posting a picture where it's down to like the last two ounces in the bottle, mm-hmm. and people will message and be like, "Man, you went through that." I said, "Well, yeah. Like, first of all, this is a great bottle, and when I posted the picture, was not the first time I tried it." Right. Right. You, you take a lot of photos, you know, a a couple of day or whatever. And in time, like as it starts to go down, let it sit for a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. then come back to it and then kill it. And the experience from, 
a fresh open to the, the, the bottle kill itself. Like they're totally different experiences. And to be able to share the pride in, in executing a bottle and just, yeah, this one's gone. Yeah. Like and I don't have a backup and I'm not going to get a backup of it. Not that I need any more to be honest. <laughs> he does. Uh, he, I don't. My yes. floor bourbon is still out of control. Oh, I know. But it, it's, it's really fun to like let go of something and like, oh, it's it's gone. That's right. only it's only a memory at this point. I have a friend who's a writer and he uh obviously probably journals a lot and does a lot of things like that, just taking notes throughout the day and outlining the stories he writes and the books he writes and all that stuff. And he asked me one time, like, what do you do with your journals when you're done with them? I'm like, uh, just have them on a stack of my shelf. And he's like, hmm. I'm like, why? What do you do? He's like, I burn them. He's like, those are dead to me. Like it's on to the next thing. Wow. And, I'm, and I, I, every time I finish a bottle of whiskey that I really enjoy, feels like I think that. of my friend Steven and I'm like, that's great. I'm like, then you go burn it. Like, well, what if you need those notes for the story for, <laughs> yeah. And I go and bought it, but take the bottle. What about my memoirs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But it, it just always stuck with me and he's an interesting guy. He's been with my best friend for years, but it, every time that bottle's dead, I'm like, burn another journal for Steven. I thought your best friend was a doctor. We actually, well, we grew up together, but he is Multiple the writer friends. friend of I have since. So it's me, the separated. doctor, and the writer, and Wilson. Is Wilson uh, our best friend anymore? I don't know. It's a lot of best have friends. Have you seen Wilson in a while? It's rumored. Uh, yeah, I just saw him at the Bottles and Can event. Shout out to Bottles and Cans. There's a Bottles and Can event I didn't know about, too? Yeah. Jeez. Do you sell whiskey or not, bro? I don't know. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> My last California question is, how big did your collection get into California when you were in California? How many of those bottles came with you? Was wondering the same to the thing. Big Easy, yeah. and what was the deciding factor of if you gave it away, drank it, or left it behind, Ooh. or if it came with? Wow, this is this is going to be a shade to some brands, huh? <laughs> what got <laughs> what got given away before I left? Um, <clears throat> there were a lot of bottles. I refused to put a number on it. <laughs> is it bigger than your current? Was it bigger than your current collection? Sadly not. Okay. Uh, three years or two years of COVID, you know, you have extra time on your hands yeah. and you're not spending money anywhere else. So, well, wow, look what's on Sealbox today. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Oh, wait, there's got to be nice to live in a state where Sealbox ships too. Would yeah, be nice. actually, it's real nice. Um, so the things that got left, ah, oh, my old Forester. Hmm. Just, it's not, it's not a brand that I love. It's just, I don't know why. It's just, it, it's fine. Yeah. Like the 1920 is probably the one that if I had to drink Old Forester, that's the one I would do. But that was just one where I had the whole. You seem to like the rye on the Sunday Night Fight. Yeah, the rye. The rye is yeah. a different animal entirely. <laughs> They're on timeout. They've been on timeout with me since they came out with the Statesman. So I'm, yeah, I'm not speaking I, to Old Forester. Yeah. The so I, I left the I left that stuff. Uh, I gave away a lot of open stuff that just you know. Yeah. One third fill. I wasn't gonna pack those. It just. There what were, what percentage made the trip? I didn't lose a single bottle. No. Nope. Oh. Yeah. Everything. Everything. We we put it in the mover. But they, I mean, they, how? What percentage did you bring with you versus left behind? I'd say probably eighty percent. Okay. Yeah. It was it was a sizable. Like there were probably forty boxes of whiskey that came with me, and those were Home Depot sized boxes. Yeah. They weren't like you know whiskey cases. So. Now did Naked City Kitty come with, or was she New Orleans? Naked boy? City Kitty came with. Nice. Uh, Naked City Kitty was. Um, I used to walk through Chinatown, San Francisco all the time mm -hmm. and to go to Lipo Lounge, which if you ever went to Chinese Mai Tai, 
be careful. They're really dangerous, <laughs> really dangerous. But yeah, Lipo Lounge is still still in San Francisco, and they still have these uh, Chinese Mai Tais. Anthony Bourdain was there once mm. and filmed a segment, um, and he was not wrong. They're lethal. Uh, but walking through Chinatown all the time, every single place had, you know, Maniki Nico, and they're all, you know, the beckoning cat yeah. or whatever. Like, people associate them with, a, a, like, a Chinese thing. It's actually, it originates in Japan. Hmm. Uh, and there's, like, 17 different legends uh, of where, uh, why beckoning cat is a thing. Um, you can Wikipedia it. There's a lot of interesting, you know, mythology built around it. But a lot of it is just, like, for the good wishes and luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naked City Pizza in Las Vegas, which is one of the best pizza places on earth. Sorry, Chicago. I, I apologize, but it's really great pizza. If you're there, go get Naked City Pizza. Uh, they had one of the Maniki Nikos hmm. uh, in their window for oh, a number cool. of years. And since it's one of my favorite pizza places, I named mine Naked City Kitty. There you go. You know, after that one. So, yeah, still, still, still kicking. It's got the rechargeable batteries in there. Got to put them in every nice. month. So, yeah. Look at that. The more you know about the, the Bourbon you know, Rye Club. Let's more you, keep the more, peeling the, the layers the more, back. The more you kind of like them. Yeah. Well, I kind of like them from the beginning. I had, a, I had a Centauri. Uh, um, well, I can't think of the name. Decanter that they had. A kitty. Oh, and really? Yeah. It was in New York. Is that from Japan? Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. That's why it's Japanese. I was, yeah, I, I was like, Most yeah, people, people think it's Chinese. It's not. Right. And I was like, yeah, that, I've always thought it was Japanese. But I do see it more like in Chinese Chinese American culture, I say. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's been a, it's been adopted. Like, you know, Korea Korea town has it in L.A. Like a lot of the shops have them. Um, it's just, I mean, it's it's for luck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a nice little welcoming thing. I would I did want to tell you. I don't, I don't think I've ever told you this. I haven't told you it in person because it's only the second time we've hung out in person. And, well, I don't think I told you last. You told night. me. Uh-oh. I did drink a little too much last <laughs> night. But uh, actually, you know what? I was pretty good. Until you, Jake, do you need me? Sure, would love some. Um, we're but okay, we when this whole Instagram thing started to take off, mostly during COVID, I would say for the whole whiskey culture of Instagram. Um, I wasn't really an active participant with anything. I just like post and kind of get out there, or whatever, and you know, maybe comment on someone's post if uh, if I found it to do so. But I always, I watched a lot of Instagram lives and you and Chris's show. The Sunday Night Fights was always great. And I remember one night someone asked you guys about, like, you took kind of questions from people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you said so something about, like, just be be active and be a participant in there. And I never really kind of thought of it that way of, like, I think because I was – a good word to be used is, like, jaded from the brand side. Like, not that I'm an authoritative person, whatever, when it comes to the understanding whiskey. I've only been working in this industry for eight years. But uh, I was like – I don't want to say I felt superior, but I just didn't want to listen to people tell me like what was wrong with my brand and why every bourbon from Buffalo Trace was the best thing in the world, pretty much. But I thought that was the next segment of this one. Oh, it is actually. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Mikey's right about that. It's about like listening to people and I can listen to people. I think it's a good trait of mine is like just being a listener. I'm like, oh yeah, like being participant can be valuable with people and start to learn more about individuals and why they like these whiskeys or what else they do with their life. And that's when we really started opening up and doing all those virtual tastings as a key in the lake with our brands, which was awesome to have because, hey, if we have all this money to support that was going into store tastings right. that now can go somewhere else. So, Sagamore, do you ever join us? No, I was never invited. Oh, wow. I was um, happy to help pack boxes and, and do all the legwork, oh, but never invited. Maybe you can be on the uh, World Trombo. Whiskey Day show next year. 
Maybe. We're, l- we're looking for a new rye. Oh, well. I think Kessel and Key is going to drop out. All right. Well, <laughs> call Jessica. I'm busy, I'm busy that day. <laughs> but, no, I, uh, I commend you for always listening to people, responding to everybody's comments and all that, and being, like, a true participant versus someone who's trying to be – there's a lot of wannabe authorita- authoritarians yeah. out there. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's what's been the best about the COVID thing. Like, having time to engage with everybody was realizing who – that whole group. I don't know. There's 30 or 40 of us who – you know, half of us have probably met in real life, half of us yeah. hasn't, but have that approach of rising tides and all in. Oh, and yeah. Let's just celebrate. Because it's how we sold whiskey. Chat. Right. And, the, and like, it's not, I'm right, you're wrong. It's, right. wait, you like that? I don't even like that. Or what do you like about that? Oh, I don't like that that part of that. And and talking through it and, and just, you know, I miss having the time to do that to the depths that I've done, but like with Indy or, or Picks and Pours right. and obviously yourself and, and Spectre and, and Cormier and just... The whole group, you know, Jack, who's in town, and yeah. Matt, and just, it's just been so, even out of North Carolina, the Bourbon Library, um, oh. just all yeah. supportive. Like, you know, like, we can sit and talk about this, and you don't have to like it, and I don't have to like it, or you might like it, I won't, but, like, it's not, I'm telling you, this is how it is. Right. Where you're, right before, you're an idiot for liking that, or you're right. an idiot for not liking it. Right, it was it, very right. judgment-free, and it's remained very judgment-free, which I think is cool and inviting right. um, and lets people in. <laughs> Um, and then if, yeah, if we're, we're judging, it's more in bullshit fun than actual right. judging. Have you ever met Chris in real life? No. <laughs> nope. You shouldn't. No, just don't. Just yeah. never no, do it. Never do it. I feel like we should all start lists like on our walls at home of who we haven't met. Right? I honestly felt like, Cross them all. I felt guilty for meeting you in person before he did. Oh man. I'm like, God, this isn't right. This shouldn't, this shouldn't go this way. Then I'm like, well, maybe, maybe they never meet in person. Maybe they just, yeah, I just think, keep it. Together. I don't think you like, should. We could be in the same city, but we can't like, like yeah. be together. Was it better when De Niro and was and Pacino were on screen together? Uh, like, or was it better when it was Godfather Two and they're living two different you know, parts he, of the world? It's a good movie, but it's not great when they're on screen yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could you could have a point there. Have you met Indy in real life? No. Uh, interesting. Yeah, have I've you sent been. him a. Uh, figurine with no head on it uh, no his his wife sent me a star wars figure I know, I didn't know that if you was ever decapitated um i because i used to drop star wars figures in boxes that yeah. you know riverboat boxes and she sent one back to me and the star yes, wars figure was decapitated and the head was scarred. taped to the body who does that i'm still Weird. scarred by it i just it's, didn't know if you had gotten revenge the kid buzz from shout out to pick some pores and the next thing that i send to them it's going to be glitter I mean, it's just going to be a box they, full of glitter. That's going to be the packing peanuts is just a box of glitter. Morgan, they do owe me a glitter bomb for my uh, tornado donation. I glitter in a cocktail today. Uh, interesting. Edible glitter. Who knew? That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Somebody was looking for one for a menu in Houston, and someone then replied, I've got some at home, but I'm not home. And I said, I don't need to know anything else about that. See, the whiskey snob in me is like, glitter? Why do I need glitter? But then I'm like, well, you know, if it's a pretty drink yeah. and that's what you like, then go have it. If you're on a rooftop of the pool, and yeah. why not? The uh, the social media thing is, it, you know, you're talking about being a participant and, and being, like, active uh, listening and, and trying to find out of people and learn about them and not be authoritarian. It's like... If you're on social media or in any in any field to act as a gatekeeper, like you, I think you're missing the mark because okay, it can feel really good to be you know the boss of all bosses right. and to know things if that's your thing, but you you miss out mm-hmm. on so many things by being the authority. 
And I, and I always think that it's like when you hit the peak and you think that you're like, you've, you've reached the, the top of the mountain. It's like, go back down and come back up. Time to kill the ego right there. Right. Like you gotta, you gotta let go of it because you know, Oh, I only like, I only like this, these, this portfolio of brands. That's yep. all I like. Like I don't want to try any of that stuff from Kansas. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, all right, then you just missed out on some of the best rye whiskey that was made by a craft distillery. Yeah. You know, in the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. Like, how could you do that to yourself? It's, it's a good lesson to take right there. I mean, like, look at Tom Brady, for example, like playing 20 years. It's crazy. No one else has done it. He's, he, his first 10 years of it, I can't remember who was talking about it. I think it was Dan Patrick the other day on a sports, he's sports talk radio. Uh, What's up, DP show? Big fan. Um, he's talking about how the first 10 years Bigger of his career fan. is a Hall of Fame career. And then he has a second career. The second 10 years is another Hall of Fame career, and no one's ever done that in sports ever. But, like, there's a guy. He could have quit after 10 years. Yeah. Look, at, I am the best. Like, he literally is the best of, w- of what he does ever to be done. But still, goes out and works his ass off every day to go try to win another Super Bowl. There's a baseball example of that. I don't remember if it's Junior or Gwen. There's a baseball example where if – Half of his career, he was a Hall of Famer, and then the second half. I just can't think of who it is. I think people try to say that with Barry Bonds. No, we're not going to talk about Bonds. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about Barry. I was wondering if that would like to talk about I was wondering if that would like to We're not going to talk about the steroid game. Might have been uh, Pujols. Pujols, 10 years as Hall of Famer, and then the second 10. No, he's normal. Somebody. There's a baseball example. It'll come to me. Don't you worry. I believe the person you're looking for is Ryan Sandberg. Overrated. Oh. Did you see the thing the other day? Best Chicago athlete for every jersey number? Oh, Sandberg didn't make it because of Jordan. Yeah, I thought they should have given, <laughs> given Jordan forty-five so they could give Sandberg or twelve. I mean, could I mean, it wouldn't have even beat Rodman in his last year in Chicago. So, <laughs> sorry, Sandberg's overrated. I'm gonna get Chicago hate, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, right. And you get to meet Chris. You have to come defend yourself. And meet yeah, Chris. no problem. This oh. <laughs> is Rhino. Oh my Chris God. should be at tails. Surprise, Chris isn't at tails. I'm shocked. Hmm. hmm. I'm also shocked that Wilson is not at tails. Wilson, who's this? Wait, Wilson wait, 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 wait. What did Wilson? What did Wilson used to do? Was he at? Uh, what does he do again? Hmm. Union Beverage. No, that's where I used to work. Koval. Oh, Koval. Right. <laughs> oh, right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He's never here to defend himself. Never. Oh, Shout out yeah. to his counterpart though. Philip is in town. Yeah, I met him last night. Philip's doing a good job out there hustling. They got an event uh, after us at Cuban Creations. Uh, we're Wednesday. He's Thursday. So I didn't um, know that. Yeah, should be a good event. They've got uh, what do you have yesterday? Their new rye. Yeah. And then they've got the bourbon, the second edition of the bourbon out. Barrel proof has the first. Um, that bottle needs needs to get hit a little bit here, but the new rye is a higher proof, correct? Yeah, 113. Yeah. I want to say something around there. Yeah, yeah. New label. It says it says Castle and Key. It's interesting, Castle and Key. I, I hope for Wilson's sake or anyone's sake. I just oh, them like Michters, both of them. I, I just I need a little bit more transparency. Like if I, I've been doing this a long time and I got a terrible memory. It's it's just not what it used to be. And but I I soak up knowledge quick and I pay attention. And there's things that you can grab on and then. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm there. I got it. Yeah. And, and I'm not bad mouthing them whatsoever. Um, Wilson, I love you. Philip, Val, I love you guys. The, the the bourbon, the second release was good. Really enjoyed what we tried yesterday. Yeah. But also like with Michter's, and there's several others that that just aren't coming to mind. It's like, I just need like two more. Take me down two flights of stairs and just right. let me. What what's what's? I think they're both out. out of the same distillery, right? For what? Castle and Key and Michter's. I just I don't. 
Mictors? Isn't that coming out of there? It was at one point, wasn't it? No, Pinhook is. Pinhook is. Yeah. Pinhook is. They, they contract for like 20 brands. They're, they're pretty. Yeah, there's a lot. They're yeah. pretty upfront about that. That part, I get, just the whole thing. I just, I need a little bit more. I think you should well, go to the distillery. And, and this is the thing. Like, if you think about it, like, swimming. transparency, <laughs> I, I don't know what, I, and I'm not in a brand, so I don't, I'm not in marketing, and I don't under, you know, understand all the, the boardroom stuff that goes on there. But what I think of transparency, it's like the more I know as a, as a fan, yeah, right? Like, honestly, at this point, I don't care if it's made in Indiana. Just tell me it's made in Indiana. And tell me why you picked the barrels you picked. You can, you can have your story for the public. That's looking on the shelf. They read the label. Oh, wow. This Creek in, you know, Wisconsin. And it's like, you know, some guy, you know, used to build log cabins there and he made whiskey. Great. Cool. But if it's Indiana, Indiana whiskey, put it on there so that I know and really like talk to me about that whiskey. And I think like with Castle and Key, like I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not privy to what happened there, but you know, look, Marianne Eves is like the, the ghost in the room. She made the first bourbon and she distilled a lot every, of the stuff yeah, under their label. All this, all this like, and that's the oh. thing. Are we drinking Marianne Eve's distillate in Pinhook? I don't know. Are we drinking it in some of these releases that we're now finally seeing? Probably. Um, but that she's just not mentioned. And again, not, yeah, I, the, I, I haven't done a lot more than two yeah. or three clicks. You know, Mictor's is, is a very similar. One. I've just done a few clicks. I just haven't gotten, and so it might be there. Maybe I've just missed it. But don't yeah. get me wrong. But there's a lot of information about a lot of brands out there too. Right. So, right. Yeah. Just one of those where I just I want, I want to know like the three, four, like what's going on, what are you distilling, who are you contracting for, tell me about that pool. <laughs> like, well, it, it's almost right. like not saying either one of those brands are lying because I know they aren't, but um, <laughs> it's almost like when you start, you tell a lie and you keep telling a lie to cover it up, and it goes on and on forever. And then you start thinking, like, what is the actual real story? Right. And for a brand that I used to work for, I'll just I'll say Cobol. Everybody knows I used to work for them. It, they didn't. Lo- they made all their own whiskey. They uh, could have, but um, they're not Icelandic. It sounds very Icelandic. Cobol backwards. I know. I, <laughs> thank you, Brett. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Spelling bee champion as well. <laughs> Master of topography. Um, but uh, we this whole like identity of the brand, like where the name came from, like whose uncle it was, whose grandpa it was, how like they try to like relate the two uh, families together and thread the story, which is, it's neat and cool, but at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter. Like it's just the name of a brand. Right. We make our own whiskey. Like, let's just talk about that. Like, I mean, it's and the quality of it can speak, you know, fans can judge that, but I was, I would be sitting there doing tours some nights and I'm like, is this even real? Like I would literally stop in my middle of my tour and just like think to myself, like, is this real? I wouldn't say it out loud. Oh, right. maybe I did it once or twice, but <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Um, but I'd be like, yeah, that's who's somebody's grandpa, and they were I had a blacksmith, and this and that. Like, who cares? Like, it's just be out there, be upfront about it, and then we'll judge you how it tastes. And but I want to know all what I can know about a brand and the truth about it. Like, where's it coming from? I don't need to know the farmer you bought your grains from, but if you are saying, Hey, we're from, let's say we're, we're from Illinois and you're saying I'm buying all local grains. I don't want those grains to be coming from Nebraska. That's not local. Yeah. What do you, what, what defines local at that point? Yeah, exactly. Like, is it across the border because it's only 20 miles or is it like, 
yeah. legitimately you know, 10 miles from your place. Like the Blumbros don't buy Iowa corn, and it's literally 12 miles on the road because they only want Illinois corn to be a true Illinois distillery. That's like, I think that's great. Yeah. Like That's a commitment to their state. I mean, to their they're state. buying inferior corn, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a fun blind tasting, though, is give you five tastings, but it, five stories. Mm. So it's... Here's the story. This is story affected. Here's, Here's the grandfather like, of bourbon. It's all blind, like, but all it's that's right. A paragraph for each. Yeah. And wonder how much that influences you subconsciously uh, on the taste wise. It's got to. Yeah. Or they it has wouldn't to. do it because the the whole Elijah Craig story is so bogus. But yeah. Heaven Hill tells it so yep. well. Uh, like then you do then you taste the five again, but then we tell you like the facts of it, and then you compare. Right. Like right. oh, the one you liked because you liked the story about limestone water. You then tasted it when we told you it was 83 proof and whatever. You didn't. Like, right. It's kind of fun to do. It's interesting because like, I look at both you and I, Brett, and we don't talk about our brand's story development. We talk about the whiskey, like how it's made, the barrels we're using, the area that we're buying it from, what we're trying to represent. Not like, oh, my, my owner is like a romantic and because like, his ideal way of selling whiskey through the stars. Like, who cares? Like, he's a care. Like, whatever. It's just a name I came up with and it... The branding is cool. Like, there we go. Like, what will that be different in 50 years, 100 years? Those brands have got 100 years on us. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what I'm saying is how many craft brands in the last 12 years have tried to carve out the story that's sure. so important to them selling whiskey? Like, God, I, there's I, I, tons of them. Yeah. Like, tons. I, back to Cobalt. We had five giant posters on our wall at our distillery tour of like the story of Cobalt. The brand was not even 10 years old. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, like, the background, what this word means. Like, the what story it, of yesterday, literally yesterday. Yeah, really. Like, And, you know, like, I get it. It's an interesting, I guess it's kind of an interesting story. And I love history, but at the same time, like, let's just focus on the whiskey itself. Like, how are we doing this? You know who does this really well is Kentucky Peerless. Yes. Like, they do yes. it really well because they have all the old artwork. Yep. Like, they have all of, like, I mean, they have bottles. They got their right? distillery number They've back the, and they can talk the about DSP, that. DSP, which yeah. they, nobody had ever done. Right. And like, now brands are too, right? Because because of them, like I feel like who else did Green River get theirs back? Oh, I would think they must have because I remember they were they were trying real hard. Yeah, but sorry, yeah. So, but they're they're a brand that does it really well because they really do have a history. They really have a recorded history that's not a like a bullshit story, right. uh, or it's not embellished. Yeah. Like, and I thought that that was a really cool thing on their tour is they didn't romanticize the early days of Kentucky Peerless, like we were a factory making whiskey yeah. and we made a lot of it. And this is a picture of it and you see it and you're like, oh, like that's really not that impressive. It's a big right. square building and you've got railroad tracks and steam and all kinds of stuff. But the way they've connected it to today, like through the use of the labels mm -hmm. and the story that Corky tells and the fact that he still comes down to the bar after the tours and has a drink with you, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they tell that story in a way that is meaningful today, even though the brand is still new to the, to the whiskey public because uh, none of us were alive when Peerless was around. Mm -hmm. And I think that they just tell that story perfectly. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's, it's endearing because it's real. Yep. And you know, when he, when they talk about the fact that, you know, his what his dad was like one of the adjutants or something for Patton during mm -hmm. World War II. Oh, really? Yep. And they actually have one of the ivory handled handled pistols. Uh, they're not pearl. Uh, they're ivory. Um, and like that right there, that 
that history from World War II and then coming into this distillery after he decided, like, I'm done doing what I want to do and I want to do something to give back the legacy to my kids and, and go from there. And he made this great whiskey. Yep. And they talk about, like, we're not going to cut this whiskey. Like it's it's in the barrel. We go in at a certain we go in a certain entry proof. We are not going to cut these things down. We are going to we are going to bottle them the way they come out of the barrel. And there's a commitment to that that I I really respect. Yeah, and like that that's a part of the story. But the main focus is the last seven years, like what they've been doing as a brand. Mm-hmm. And then you taste that, and you experience it, like and you judge for yourself. Yep, I love that two year they put out originally. I love that bottle. It, it's it's People so good, but it was it, 120 bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's pricing is always going to be the thing. Like yeah. we all know this, but it the, was the best thing I had in Kentucky two weeks ago was one of their barrel picks, but it was like 142 dollars, and my wife was like, "I don't." She's like, "I want to buy it, but I don't think you should buy it." I'm like, "It was our first stop. It was like literally the first hour oh, we were God. in Kentucky, so we're like, yeah, a, we got we got plenty of time to go oh, and try other things." That's a tough first. stop. And then we man. were like, we were both like, as we were leaving Sunday morning, like. Should we wait till they open and go buy it? <laughs> we didn't, but uh, it was it was delicious. But I, I agree, and it's interesting about how we walked in there and like, oh, how'd you hear about us? I'm like, I've been drinking your stuff for five, four, four, five, years now. When that first came out, they're like, really? And then I'm like, why are you shocked by that? Right? Like, you're a great brand. Like, I love that you are. It's very, I guess, just honest right there to be like, they're hey, they're cool. humble. Yeah. They're super humble and. You know, that's the thing is they're they're continuing to learn about their their customers and they're talking to their their customers in the tasting rooms. Yep. Like they're coming down and asking you, what do you think about this? Yeah. You know, the time I went and this was early 2019, they came down and pulled out the first double oak that they had done. And it was a busted barrel. Mm. They didn't do it on purpose. It just well, the barrel leaked and they re-oaked it and then they were selling it out of the distillery and it was beautiful. And he's like, Here, try this, try this. Like this is this is something that we only have here mm-hmm. and it's like jesus christ it's all chocolate like it's beautiful and he's like yeah we like it too yeah i hope so no it's yeah, cool i hope so because like, you're pouring it because yeah, we, yeah. we were waiting for the tour in the gift shop and just one of the guys came up and didn't ask us like if we could get anything like do you need a different t-shirt size it was like i'm have a conversation with you about you why you're here and our brand before our tour even began then t- talk to the tour guide for like 10 15 minutes afterwards great little experience there gave them a little bottle say thank you on, on the way out versus like another brand where i know the owner he wasn't there but bring a bottle and say like oh thanks like oh yeah i heard that you had blah 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 with this owner and then like no one talks to you whatsoever you're like oh cool just like trying to say like oh, i also work in the whiskey industry and we're all friends here's a little bottle of good goodwill and gesture and then no one talks to you <laughs> at all about like has no conversation but I, hate I, that. I, I, I just wish there was a little bit more hospitality in that sense. And it kind of gets back to the conversation we're having about how bars just are a little bit different. Um, I mean, every industry is a little bit different after COVID, but you already saw that kind of fading to the, excuse me, falling apart there a little bit um, before COVID at some certain distillery stops. So Mr. Pinstrad, just to bring it back. <laughs> Please bring it back. Uh, first Tales of the Cocktail. Yeah. What's your favorite part two days in? And what are you hoping um, to, to accomplish in the next, I guess, three days, right? Four days. Yeah. So I, I decided before this, I was not going to make this bourbon fest light or part two. <laughs> I was not going to drink whiskey the entire week. Did you drink whiskey at bourbon fest? 
I might have had a little bit. I was there. I, I don't <clears throat> recall either of us drinking whiskey. I don't remember a whole lot of uh, anything but whiskey. <laughs> I feel like it was all out. water. It was all water. Yeah, it was water. We had a lot of water. Sparkling water, flavored water. Yeah. Brown water. Oh, uh, so I, I really brown. wanted to try some things that I have traditionally avoided. Um, I generally don't like cocktails that are not whiskey-based. Hmm. I generally don't like cocktails that are sweet. Uh, so... You know, with when I make a Manhattan, I go really heavy on the bitters. And I cut down the vermouth a little bit because I, I just like less sweetness. Uh, I don't really like old fashions because they're usually too sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, literally, there's sugar as an ingredient. Try one in Wisconsin one day. No thanks. So I wanted to I wanted to just branch out and try you know, a bunch of things. I'm like, well, okay, like I don't necessarily like Aperol, but I'm going to try something with Aperol in it. And like this morning I went to a Fernet event and I had two Fernet cocktails that were fantastic. And I was like trying to pick notes out. I wasn't trying to be a whiskey snob and go, well, this is, this is why it's inferior to whiskey. And I was like, Oh my God, like I actually get this really cool fennel anise note in this cocktail. Whereas if I drink Fernet straight, it's just disgusting. Quick Fernet question. Did you get a coin? I did not. They were giving them out, but I didn't know anything about how that worked. Apparently, it's a you thing. You couldn't have grabbed us coins? I you didn't couldn't know. I, look, I'm a whiskey guy. Blood I'm Brothers forever. Fernet guy. I'm With sorry. A Fernet coin. Like, I, got a, I got an education at the event after they were giving the coins out. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, Mikey, oh, I thought we were friends. I'm I mean, sorry. I will not make that Just grab one just, just for, for your friends. Okay, anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, so I, I just, it's, it's been oh, fun it's to try. cool tales of the cocktail coin that we could have traded for like another coin for somewhere else. There was a guy that had a sack of coins from all over the world. I think that guy was in our Uber yeah. last night, so we could probably get a coin. Oh, yeah. We were yeah. the guy from Fernet. Yeah, Philip, yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry. Like Philip's from Castle and Key, I thought. Right, but his buddy's the Fernet guy. Is the same Philip, too? No. Oh. I don't know. I got his <laughs> card, but he has coins. Yeah, I, I've learned my lesson. I, 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 yeah, get the coins. I, apologize. The I apologize. I That's the only it. brand. Don't get any other brand coins. Just the Fernet coins. Yeah, want, a, want some pinhook coins, Brett? I mean, I'll I take it. The sponsor but... of the podcast. Oh, the pinhook ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's free drinks. Coins yeah. that equate free drinks. <laughs> All you can find. Wait, wait, the Fernet coins will get you a free drink? Uh, depends on where you are depends and how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to give it up? No. no. It's, it's Oh, it's like a badge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're cool. It's like kind of oh, like being damn. a retired cop and you have your badge on you always. Yeah, yeah. I got four or five and I don't carry them with them anymore because I'm sounds, not old. This but. sounds like a good idea for, you know, like a whiskey brand, Sagamore. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with the Bourbon you know, Ride Club uh, per yeah. city. Yeah, maybe. We maybe. talked about it. We can do it. Oh, we can do Keen a Key to Lake. You should do a Key. You should really do a Key. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be. So you went to Fernet and tried Fernet cocktails. Yeah. So what do you got on the docket for the rest of the week? Um, lots of things. Like we've got an event at the World War II Museum tonight. Right. Um, I forget the name of the portfolio, but they have like. It's all mon- Mescal, right? I think it's all Mescal. <laughs> well, they have Monkey Shoulder and I think. Oh, yeah. Is it Glenn Fittich? Fittich. Fittich. It's Fittich, Fittich. right? It's not Fittich. Fittich. Right. Fittich. Right. So they, they have some of those. So we're probably <laughs> going to be drinking some scotch tonight um, or whatever cocktail they're pouring. And, you know, I just, it's, it's really an opportunity to like expand my palate a little bit and yeah. just try you things. Just go all El Milagro all night. I don't even know what that is. Tequila. <laughs> Tequila. I don't know what that is. You want to talk about an ignoramus when it comes yeah. to, you know. All to, imported by the yeah. same company. I was literally um, at an event earlier. I'm like, never heard of this tequila before. Go to the bartender who was working it. He's like making fun of how you pronounce it. Cause he didn't know how to pronounce it either. Until oh, before the event it. started. I love it. 
Hombres. <laughs> that's tomorrow. Trace Amigos, I think. Is that's it Trace tomorrow. Amigos? Trace Amigos is not, well, yeah. not tonight. We do have to find okay. Brian Cranston tomorrow. He's here? Uh, the, uh, they were here for uh, the, the reps I was with today. Are we showing are showing him around tomorrow? He got kicked out so, of the celebrity them. They got game. me today and Brian Cranston tomorrow. Wow. Beautiful guy. <laughs> He's got a uh, bigger beard than you do, though. Yeah, uh, I, I can't just, grow facial hair. Right, we're interrupting the rest of Mr. Pinstripe's <laughs> plan for the week. <laughs> I have nothing to say about cocktails. I know jack about it. <laughs> That's but why you're at Tales but, of the but that, Cocktail. But that is literally why I wanted right. to do Tales of the Cocktail and because I wanted to explore some things. It's and not just cocktails. Totally. Yeah. It, and it's still you're 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 getting to meet people. Like I get to see you again, Brett. Like I mean shit. That's the third time, by the way. How yeah, many times third, have you met Jake? Uh, twice now. Once. Once in real life. Oh, we're counting days. <laughs> no, no, it's only it's we're trips. It's trips. Counting days. Oh, oh, wow. yeah. oh Brett's been Brett's way ahead. Brett's way Well, you know, I wasn't let into the bourbon fest, so that was why. Well, you know. You know. Yeah, you know, me you know a guy that knows a guy. You come, me probably could have figured out a guy. I, I did contact but then you were that busy. guy. I think I got you in, and then you couldn't come anyway. No, nope. I think we had it figured out. Oh yeah, something I didn't come. Yeah, I think we I, had it figured out. No, yeah, I think we did. We'll leave it between at that. Mr. Matt and Mr. Brett and Mr. Tracy. I think we had it figured out. Well, we're and this is the this is the best thing about the whole festival is getting with Jake? just getting yeah <laughs> totally doing doing this podcast while drinking Willet. That um, Willet is delicious. Yeah, seven year rye. It's pretty I good. actually it's really good. I don't know if this is what you're talking this about awesome. Fernet. I get a, a little bit of a fennel yeah. taste to it that's sitting there and like slight anise in the back end. Yep, that's oh. clearly because we were talking about Fernet like before you mentioned it. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the best part is like just people coming together from all over the yeah, world, yeah. and I mean like. The, I, I was talking to Brian while we're waiting outside of Peychaud's today for the Fernet event, and they kept us waiting about 30 minutes in the heat, which was awesome because inside it was just as hot. Brian of Melissa and Brian? Yes, Brian uh, Cormier, uh, best haircut in the city. Yeah, when's that pool party at his house? Is that tonight? Brian, is that tonight? Uh, okay, we'll be there at 9. Yeah, I, I hope so. Wednesday at 9 p.m. I hope so. But the thing that I noticed I thought was interesting is – the like Bourbon Fest was a killer event, primarily male, mm-hmm. right? Really heavily weighted to male, you know, participation. Tales of the Cocktail is so much more diverse. Okay. There are people from all walks of life, all around the world, all kinds of genders. Like it's, it's something that I really hope to see whiskey become, mm-hmm. because I think that we are still. We're still in this this thing of like we're still in the old world of like of whiskey, and I think that it we're on the we're on the verge of breaking through because there's a lot of women whiskey drinkers out there, but they're just not represented right. in the way that I think that Tales of the Cocktail is really representing people. Yep. And I, I I thought it was really beautiful. I was looking through the line. I'm like Jesus. Like I'm a, I'm a white dude. And I'm the minority, and I'm I like that is fucking cool. Yeah. And to see that there were a bunch of Brazilians up ahead of us and they're super lively and I just, they were just so joyful and excited to be there. So when the Fernet people came out, it's like, yeah, we're giving a coin out and they're going freaking bananas, right? Just freaking As out. You should have. Well, I stood there quietly going, ah, that's a coin. What am I going to do with that? I got some pinhook <laughs> coins. Thank you, Sean Joseph, sponsor of the podcast. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. So I, but it was just beautiful to yeah. see a bunch of different cultures and stuff all in this city. And like that's why I think New Orleans does it better than anyone else is because it's such a welcoming place. I think we had four or five countries today at, oh. at, in the two hours of our event. You could have had a sixth. No, people. Oh. There were people there from Australia. 
They yeah. were asking where the Starwood was. But yeah, I'm sure I they said were. I don't know. I know well, where the Airbnb go, is. Should we go join the people of Tales right now and turn yeah? This, turn I mean, this we could probably go for for the next two or three hours. But New Orleans is uh, a town that shuts down early, so we should probably <laughs> get out there sooner. It, than it's later. it's beckoning. Like, Barrel proof is not far from here. No, mm. I got I got to make a sidecar stop at sidecar first. Ooh, all right. Did I say that right? You know what I mean. Um, but this unpeated Star Wars is pit stop. You're talking about? Yeah, I got to stop this unexpeded. Yeah, was awesome. Oh, you tried Starward. it. I just did. Oh yeah, he swiped it. He swiped it. It was great. Nice. Willard is great. <laughs> Mikey always shares great stuff. And um, cool. Yeah, we should probably go uh, back and do the soiree and I love it. Try to find us a Fernet coin since <sighs> I, you didn't get any for us. God, I think I did. Brian just, get any? Did Matt? Did no, anyone else get any? No, no there's no. I, I think I just got canceled from the pod. Mm. Well, you did mention Pinhook a bunch, so you're probably well, you know, you're probably good. It's supposed to be ever mentioned Pinhook on the podcast. It's Twenty five right. bucks a mention, right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> just, just, buy us, just buy us a new microphone. Just Venmo. It's at Key in the Lake. With the really nope. Sean, just it's yeah. at Jacob Hookie. Shh. We're gonna make a Key. In, I made a Key in the Lake one. I was hoping he was gonna pay all me. All right. Thanks, Brett. All Appreciate right. it. Well, um, Brett, thanks for co-hosting. I hope to do it some more. You should do it some and, more. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm only skipping dinner for you. Thank you for doing this in person. Oh, definitely. This it's was been, this was a real pleasure. Yeah. Well, I'm sh- maybe we'll get microphones back out before we all leave town. I think we do a group episode now that we've... We're going to do a drunken Star Wars. We've Ward done one our highlight on uh, our profile on Mickey Pinstripes. We'll have some uh, frozen desserts that are discovered to be boozy halfway through. Yum. Yeah. You didn't realize that the <laughs> Irish coffee. Yeah, before had we in before it we close this, I was, I was, I was you're, just you're at Aaron Rose, it? one of the most famous like like yeah. Irish like coffee, frozen Irish so coffee bars. Yeah, and you're just like, like oh, this is delicious, I'm and you don't know it's like alcoholic. No, it's just like you know when you have like those drunken epiphanies, and you're like, oh yeah, this this is really good, but is there alcohol in this? Because I'm getting way I took that thing oh. down fast it's loaded so yeah, i was like quick i'm like oh it's like 1 30 in the morning i gotta be at work at eight hours from now is that where you were to work no okay <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the way i'm dressed <laughs> well not for sales calls <laughs> no i had a, a button-down shirt on and pressed jeans <laughs> but did you notice everyone there last night is in the industry yeah and like there was just you were shoulder to shoulder you couldn't move yeah but there's just a flow to it like yeah, yeah they yeah. knew you needed to drink so everyone else handed o- me a drink yeah. or they just kind of everyone's an operate out. Yeah. we worked in yep and just it was like a sea of Even every like, time you're there just like, you know every other person's a backpack too but somehow you just don't bump into yeah. each other you're like beautiful this is i mean fantastic. these are professionals they've done it before yeah it, yeah, it's Aaron Rose's. I love that. Did you see the Chicago sign? Did I point that out to you last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, half the bar in there were Chicago. Right. People. Well, that's what the sign says. So you think you're great, but there's just some, way more, too many of, way yeah. more of you. Yeah, exactly. So. I walked in. One of my buddies. He turned around at me, and I was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna name his name." And he's just he just growled at me and walked out the bar. <laughs> it wasn't me. I'm was like, it? Well, no. <laughs> like, well, he's having a good night. New Orleans will do that yeah. to you. Like, oh. You will growl at your friends. <laughs> oh no. Um. But a pleasure, uh, as always, Brett. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. More of a pleasure with Mikey. He's he's the reason we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Now but now we'll go crazy. I'm glad I'm glad there is uh, still good things with the internet and bringing people together, because there's a lot of negativity out there, but uh, the positive aspects are happening right now in this living room. Amen. 